Welcome to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. Prepare for compelling conversations, actionable advice, and those aha moments that create leaders. Here's your host, Dave Brown. Hey, thanks so much for joining us again today for another exciting show. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman that I've just started to get to know. You're going to love him, and I'll give you his bio in a second, but Chris Killey is joining our show today. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. That is awesome. Do you mind if I, uh, you know, like uh, share, you know, your accolades because I know Please. you would be humble. So I'm going to do it for you. Please go ahead. All right, man. So uh, Chris is the founder of Elevate Outsourcing, which is a recruitment and staffing agency for senior level executive assistants uh, out of the Philippines which is really cool. We're going to have fun talking about that. Uh, he is a contributor to Forbes. He is an author. He is a cookie connoisseur. And he is the father of a puppy named Harry <laughs> Puppy. So this dude is well-rounded. But with that, Chris, uh, I am glad to have you on the show. So thanks so much. How it's uh... Well, do you mind if we jump in? And I've got some fun questions to ask. Let's go. All right, man. So you have you were the founder of Elevate um, Outsourcing, and so my question is this: You came out of college at University of South Florida in I think 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. And I'm assuming when you came out of college, your aspiration and your plan wasn't to in 2021 start an outsourcing company in the Philippines. Am I guessing correctly, or was that the plan? Well, I wouldn't say it was the plan. Um, okay. I had been, I've been a entrepreneur my entire life and I've had lots of businesses from collection agencies to party buses to payment processing companies, which I'm actually, I still own uh, one of those right now. And uh, yeah, so, you know, typically with me, when a new business idea comes along, if it makes sense and I have the bandwidth and the capital to pursue it, and I think it's something that I can uh, really get some fulfillment out of, then a lot of the times, you know, I'll go, I'll go for it. And this was one of those scenarios that, you know, it came out of a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a uh, opportunity popped up and, you know, I was in the right place at the right time and was able to take advantage of it. So let's dive into that a little bit, because obviously outsourcing virtual assistance for those on listening that, you know, I don't want to throw the term around VA if they don't know what it is. So the term VA, as, as we're talking about it, is virtual assistant. And it, it's a very much growing uh, opportunity and also more, not just an, a financial opportunity for you. It's an amazing opportunity for entrepreneurs like myself and other business people to get really great results out of employees that are overseas. So can you speak to kind of give the give the overview of, you know, what you do and how you help people? And if let's start with that, you know, what do okay. you do and how do you help people? And where's the opportunity for entrepreneurs? So when this comes up, I always give a scenario and okay. this is most, and I'm sure uh, Dave, that you can relate to this as well. So, you know, the, the, you wake up in the morning and you have, you know, you, the sun is on your face and the coffee is extra warm and, you know, everything's going right. You wake up and you're like, all right, I'm going to get in the office today and I am just going to, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to be super productive and I'm very motivated and I have all these, my day's completely lined up for me and I'm, I'm just ready to roll. Yes. Well, you get in the office and you open up your laptop and you, you're, you know, you shouldn't open up your email, but you do anyway. And all of a sudden it's fire after fire after problem that you're running into. And this is a typical day. 
for most entrepreneurs. It was for me mm -hmm. for many, many, many years. And almost to the point where I didn't even want to open the email in the morning. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, I know that if I open this, I'm going to get distracted from what it is. That's every day, you know, as uh, in most, most people self-employed or you know, you're a firefighter essentially until yes. you have a big enough team underneath you. And so what we do is we actually specialize in finding uh, you know, we, we call them executive assistants because we do senior level, v, but they are virtual, right? So they're over in the Philippines, but uh, they're a little bit of a higher caliber uh, quality than than some of your standard VA agencies. We, um, mm -hmm. we you know, we, we recruit to a higher level, but uh, those are the people that can actually come in and you wake up, you open up, same exact, same exact scenario, but you open up your inbox, but everything's already organized for you, right? That immediately require your attention right now. Uh, you have things that aren't, really important that they've already been archived. Uh, you know, once you get to a certain level, my my executive assistant actually replies to a lot of my emails for me. Um, mm -hmm. The ones that are that don't require my that are standard, right? Just going to eat from Chris's bandwidth. Nothing that you know, not financial decisions or anything like that. But your run of the mill type. Hey, can you answer me this or can you do this? You know, it's sure. a typical one off request. A lot of times I don't even see him because she'll take care mm -hmm. of him for me. Um, awesome. And then I also have another email that I get every morning from her. It's called my action items list. And it is essentially my daily planner in one email every day. It takes me about five minutes to get through it. And it'll have my bank balances. It'll have anything that was escalated the day before that requires my attention, any ongoing projects along with the status of them. Um, it'll have our sales numbers for both companies. It'll have our, you know, our attrition if we lost any accounts the day before, who they are, why. All hyperlinked back to documents as well. Has my entire schedule. Um, and then anything that I need to be taken care of right now. So I literally, Dave, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I open up my laptop and it is just, I don't have, there's no stress there anymore. It's already organized for me. And I'll open up that action items email and within 10 minutes, I'm done with my day. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating that I could be done. I could go back to sleep, which sometimes I do if I'm tired, right? Like it's, <laughs> I have a couple of meetings that I run, I'm going to go take a nap. Or, but a lot of times yeah. I use it to, in, you know, to work on personal development, but sure. my day can be done in 10 minutes every day. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you're describing a, I'm going to say, as you were saying that I was kind of going, what a blissful feeling. You're mm -hmm. actually enjoying the cup of coffee and, and relaxing, you're not worrying about, oh my God, I got to get on the laptop, right. you know, and I've made a commitment not to be on my laptop until 6.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's like 6.15. I want to, you know what I mean? Most people are like, I got to get on there. So mm -hmm. let's talk, let's drill into that a little bit. So let's talk about how do you go about finding these people? And, and let's start with how do you go about finding these people? Because you're not there. there. So let's yeah. start with that. So it all comes down to having a great team. We hire based on uh, ethics and skills, right? Mm -hmm. core, core values, first and foremost, is how we hire. And then from there, it's like, are you going to fit in from the culture? And then from there, do you have the skill sets? And just like anything else, you have to build the foundation before you can build, before you can start getting fancy, right? You got to learn how to yeah. you know, dribble a basketball before you start dunking, right? And... Um, um, the way that we have it set up is we've got a really, really solid support team and then, a, you know, account managers and then internal recruiters and then external recruiters. So we've got a nice little a hierarchy going, but it really all starts back with our onboarding. So okay. where I found a lot of companies really miss the mark here is they just say somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need an assistant. And you're like, cool, I got one right here. Dave, meet Chris, Chris, meet Dave, whatever. You guys are going to be working together. Good luck. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
then from there, there's no, there's no handoff. There's no best practices. There's no, you know, it's, it's just a lot of like, here you go. Thanks for your money. You know, have a good one. Hit me up if you need anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we have a much more personalized onboarding process where we're actually going to do a deep dive into what it is that you're looking for. And Dave, we turn away customers a lot of times. So that's the first question. What do you need? Well, I mean, I just heard, you know, getting a VA is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. But, but what do you need? And if we can't go through, then what I'll do is I'll recommend a time study for them. There's a bunch of different exercises that I can run you through where okay. I'm not going to take your money. We're not going to bring you on as a client until we know exactly what it is that you want. And then from there, once we have the higher level, uh, the, 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 from a high level, what you need, then we'll start drilling down into it and really getting fancy and going and finding those people that actually have those skill sets already in place or those skill sets from a directly relatable industry. And, yes. uh, you know, a lot of it boils down to like that, that number two type person with operations experience. That's what it always really boils down to is like that right hand person that can keep the trains running on time. And so our process mm -hmm. is a little unique. Well, it's very unique in terms of what, you know, from what other people are doing. And yeah, that's, that's why we're so successful at what it is we've done. So let's, let me ask another question on that. So it sounds like obviously in any business foundation is, is key and, mm -hmm. uh, critical and no different than this business. So I'm assuming that you then have utilized virtuals prior to this. So you had some experience and you yeah. knew how to go about this. And so how did you decide when you started the company, how did you set it up? Do you have people like boots on the ground managers over there mm -hmm. that are, since you're not there, you have the, the, the executive assistants are reporting up to a hierarchy mm -hmm. uh, that's holding them accountable. Because I know one of the things, Chris, that's really important to you is delivering just an unbelievable client experience because yes. it's the life, you know, it's the only thing that keeps your business going. So how do you, how do you hold them accountable and what's the leadership structure look like? Because you're leading from a distance, mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting because you can do that wherever you are. You're uh, empowering them to be leaders on your behalf over there. Yeah. Well, you brought up an interesting or you, you made an interesting point about having experience working with them in the past. And I had mentioned before that when the opportunity comes up, if I have the bandwidth, I'll take advantage of it. Yes. I actually took my payments company, which is a company that I've essentially exited from. You know, I'm, I'm still... I'm still involved at a high level, but I'm not in the day-to-day -day anymore because I built a solid team um, and I focus my, my attention over here. But I was able to take that company from you know mid six figures up into mid seven figures in just mm. a couple of years by nice. utilizing VAs from the Philippines. And mm. um, it was actually funny. I was at a conference similar to an event that you and I that you and I have attended. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. It was a it was a I'm not, I'm not going to say the group, but it it was a in Charleston, South Carolina, about eight years ago, I want to say, and there was a speaker, um, good, good guy, good friend of mine still, um, who was talking about virtual assistants and how great they are. I had never heard of them before. I did not know that they existed. Um, okay. Whenever I thought, whenever I thought of people from the Philippines, I think call center. I think that's what most people do. You know, the people that mm -hmm. call you when you're trying to eat dinner at night and they're annoying you and they're rude and things like that. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Me being stubborn and me being kind of like I was shoestringing things back then. I didn't have a lot of money. I, I didn't think I could afford to hire him. But he was willing to give me resources, kind of say, good luck, right? Same way that I do it now. If you don't want to hire me, that's cool. I'll still give you resources. You can go try it on your own. And a lot of times yes. they come back. Most of the time, they, or sometimes they don't. But um, I figured it out. It took me a really long time. It okay. did not happen overnight. But um, uh -huh. And then from there, 
I was able to help one of my friends and then one of his friends and one of his friends. And I was like, Hey, this is actually pretty cool. I think I might, you know, give this a go. But from building a team, I've also done it to, I'm the only American that works at this company. Every single one of my employees are in the Philippines. Okay. Um, I actually have one person that works in India. She's on our creative team, but, um, mm. but everybody else is from the Philippines. And that was by design because if I can do this, you know, zero to seven figures without spending a dollar in ads without, you know, ever doing a trade show or any spending literally zero dollars on marketing. This is essentially all word of mouth, social media, you know, things like that. Zero to seven figures in two years. And, mm. and we didn't even take clients the first seven months in that process. And Good my team has turned twice in the process as well, because, okay. you know, I like to constantly break things. And, you know, I'll come in and I'll, you know, build a system and then try to break it. And then when we, when it's broken, we see what's wrong. And so we've hired some people that weren't fits. We've hired some people that the roles didn't necessarily align with what we needed at the time. And so, you know, I've done full two full turns of my staff mm. in two years and coming okay. back to the constant of holding people accountable in terms of, I always look at from any business that I'm associated with standpoint, I, I'm a very challenging customer to work with. I'm, and, and what I mean that is I have incredibly high standards and especially for me, if I'm going to pay a premium price to somebody, right, which yes. my, my company is not cheap, right? We, we, we're one of, I don't know if we're the most expensive out there, but we're up there, right? And it's okay. for a reason, um, rightly so. But if I'm going to pay, if I'm going to pay a premium price, I'm going to get a premium experience. That's the way that I look at it. And mm -hmm. so what I do is every level and every service offering that we have. I put myself in the client's shoes and would I like that or would I not like that? What would I have a problem with here? If there's a problem, how would I fix it? How would I like it? And so, you know, we still, I'm still tinkering all the time and mm -hmm. I'm always constantly trying to improve that onboarding process. And our team now is at the point where I've gotten the buy-in from everybody. We all have the same, our first core value is wow. Right. And so that's, you know, if something ever comes back, I, it's a really quick question. Was that wow? No, mm. it wasn't really wow. Okay, mm. let's make it wow, right? Or yeah. was that wow? Like, fuck yeah, that was wow. Okay, cool, awesome. Okay, we're on to something. Let's go talk about we, something else. We now. did something right, exactly. But you know what? To always have that as your, you know, kind of your barometer, it's an easy check and balance. Was it wow? Yes or no? If it wasn't, Simple. all right, where where in the process did we not fulfill? that we, that it broke down. And mm -hmm. I, and I look at it for those of you that are, are listening and can't see this, you know, I'm holding a rubber band right now and I'm stretching it. And, you know, I loved what you said about kind of the stress test, or you said you've broke it, you know, you I break you things. Yeah. You break things and, and you have to intentionally, you know, what's the old story about, uh, was it, and I'm not a car guy, uh, Shelby, was it Roger Shelby, the, you know, the, the owner of, you know, that, that made the Shelby GT, mm -hmm. um, you know, his thing when he did that was the story, if you do any research, was he used to try to break and that's, you know, he used to try to break the motor, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I, how do I make this motor? And I have to, I have to push it to the stress points to break it so that I can figure out what to fix. And that's exactly what I heard you saying there. And I love that. Um, so let's dive into some of the fun stuff first. Okay. And then I'm going to come back. I, I want to come back to something that you mentioned that it's that people a lot of times don't know what they need. And I think that's really important. And we're going to come back to it. But I want to hit a few fun points first. Sure. When I say fun, 
exciting things for, for the listeners. And that are, let's talk about specific roles of an executive assistant. Is it just the exec, like the executive level assistant that you're working with, or are you putting VAs in place in other positions in businesses such as uh, blog writers or content writers, video creators, you know, things like that. Let's talk about that. We do. Yeah. So, okay. you know, based on the client's needs that we have, we uh, my particular company, we do part and full time placements only. So, uh, you know, you're looking at 80 hours a month or 160 hours a month. And that's so okay. we don't do a lot. Otherwise, we consider that kind of project based. And at yeah. that point, I would recommend Fiverr or, you know, or, or you know, one of the other you know mainstream companies for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're all over. The only the only thing that we don't do, we're not going to do, uh, you know, software development. Uh, we're not going to do CRM development, a lot of the tech stuff. And the reason being is we don't have anybody on our staff that can that can uh, recruit to that and screen for it to find out if somebody's actually qualified for it. So uh, okay. we're only going to place a, a, a uh, an assistant with somebody that we can verify with our own internal if this person really is who they say they are and, and they and they really got it going on the way that they say. So, yeah. Okay. Makes total sense. Mm -hmm. I know years ago I've used uh, virtuals uh, at multiple times in my career. And I think it's probably, it's probably been seven, eight years ago, maybe, you know, eight to 10 years ago when I hired my first VA mm -hmm. and it was a person to help me with video editing. Yep. And I'm going to speak about myself because I think this is applicable. So, so many entrepreneurs and salespeople go down a path of wanting to do something. And in my case, I went and bought a online YouTube course from a trainer, an influencer on how to do video editing. Well, the next thing I knew, I had a green screen, I had all this equipment I bought, <laughs> I had this editing software. And now, and again, I was in the mortgage space and have been for 30 years. The next thing I knew, Chris, I was not selling and talking to clients. I was sitting behind a computer screen in my office learning how to become a video editor. And one day Bingo. it just clicked like, oh my God, my income's dropping over here, which is a direct correlation of me not talking to people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not available because I'm now becoming a video editor. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately packed it and it's still, it's funny. I don't know why I still have it. I just saw it a few weeks ago in my garage, this whole big bag of equipment, uh, you know, the lights, the, the green screen, I packed it away, hired a video editor, in the Philippines to make video content for me. And I would drop them into, at the time, I think Dropbox. Mm -hmm. And it was an easy exchange. So I understand that process. Let's talk about in the process, somebody comes to you. And I know you mentioned a lot of times it's getting that executive level mm -hmm. assistant to take, you know, to replace, because they're doing everything. Mm -hmm. But let's talk specifics about when clients come to you, maybe give some specific examples for our listeners of other things. Maybe it's not, they're not ready for that executive level assistant, but they want to stick their, their toe in the water with outsourcing some other things in their business. I mentioned video, but what other things come to mind that you're, that you help people, you know, every week, every month on that our listeners, because I want them to start thinking, yeah, I've got this kind of a need. Yeah. Yeah. What would those be? Yeah. So, you know, really, Dave, it can be it can range from an, a wide number of things. Video editing is a very big one. Uh, social media, you know, yeah. content, social media posting, 
Uh, social media interactions, that's another mm -hmm. one um, where, you know, people can actually come on and um, do a lot of prospecting for you. Um, they can start, you know, we, we have a team of people that go out and they, they initiate on LinkedIn through DMs, um, okay. where their job is to go, they have our client avatar, people who fit within that avatar, initiate mm -hmm. conversations with them at a very basic level. Cause here's one thing people say, oh no, no, I'm the only one that can talk about these certain things. Cool. Yeah. You're <laughs> absolutely right. 99% of the time. So what we do though, is, you know, the kind of the 1080 and 1080 10 rule, right? I come in. I'm going to show you, I'm going to do the first 10% of the work. I'm going to show you what to do. You're going to go do 80% of it. And then once you're done with that 80, you give it back to me and I'm going to finish it. So they'll go mm -hmm. out. They know exactly who I'm looking for. They know exactly the types of questions that I'm going to ask to qualify these people. And then once this. they get the answers and the person's qualified and willing to have that phone call or that zoom, or and we're even closing deals over chat now, but um, you know, then bring Chris in. And then now, yeah, I know that I know all the, you know, I, the, I know the details. I know the ins and outs, the things that they don't know. And honestly, I don't want them to know, it. but they're doing yeah. all the legwork for me. Same with video, exactly. right? For you, you shot the video, you send it to them. They shoot the, they, they, they chop it up. They send it back to you and you either give them revisions or you say, we're good to go. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to touch back on one thing too, though. Having that executive assistant, that right hand, a lot of times they can do a lot of this stuff for you. So you can mm. find that person that's the Swiss Army knife. Okay. Are they going to be an expert at video editing or graphic design? Probably not, but they're going to be better than you. And, you know, are, are, you know, so instead of having to go hire somebody else and that, why wouldn't you want to bring somebody in who is maybe an expert at certain things, organization, you know, operations type stuff, helping you keep yes. the trains running on time, but it's also pretty damn good at these other things as well. So, you know, for instance, you can get somebody to do social, you can get somebody to do, you know, the things I just talked about, bookkeeping is a big one, um, mm. you know, calendar management. A lot of times my uh, EA will sit on meetings with me. Um, she'll take notes. And then after the end of the meeting, she'll be the one that sends out the recap email. Uh, hey, here's what we talked about. Here are the minutes of the email. Here's what you promised Chris that you were going to do for him. Here's what Chris promised you. He, uh, here's what Chris promised mm. you, that you that he was going to do for you. And then she maintains that. It makes sure that, hey, if you promise me something by the 10th, I'm going to have it by the 10th because she's going to be riding your ass if you don't. Um, same thing goes goes the other way. So now it's like I show up, I do the things that I'm really good at and the things that I like to do and I don't do anything else. I've got that person that I trust on the back end that's handling all that for me. And just basically I get to go out, you know, like like, you know, like the Tasmanian devil and just go tear stuff yeah. up. And then but I got somebody back there, you know, keep making sure the house, you know, doesn't burn down while I'm out. Man, I love that, Chris. Mm -hmm. And you said something. I want to key in on something that you said, and I love how we're bouncing back and forth with each other. Mm -hmm. You said, and, and, and this is the typical salesperson, entrepreneur, small business owner, nobody can do it as good as me, right? Correct. I, that's how they think. We all think that way. And and if you're listening, I want you to hear this from me. You know, as a business coach, these other people don't have to do it as well as you. And you're probably right. You're the best at it. It's your business. It's your baby. But you can still get the result if that person's maybe 70, 80% as good as you. But the key is being consistent because when you're getting pulled in so many different directions, you're not consistent in any one area. Yeah. And so let's dive into something you mentioned. And I read a, uh, I just read a post that you had put on 
either LinkedIn or Facebook and I was reading, um, you know, doing a little research and just being ready for the show. And you were kind of giving some tips and strategies on LinkedIn uh, strategies, how to go into the DMs. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was this morning. morning. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I, I saw that today. And it, so at least, you know, one person saw your, your, your post. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. <laughs> but you were talking about, and LinkedIn's a good example. LinkedIn and exactly what you said. I, I don't even go there that much because almost everything is is what I call pitch pirates in my, in my DM trying to just, they don't even say hi. It's almost just boom. But you were given some great strategies. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you mind just kind of diving sure. into that a little bit? And then I want to come back into some social media questions because that's where I think our audience could get yeah. some real, in addition to an executive assistant, help with their social media to really dial it in, get consistent and start turning leads yeah. quickly. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about that. Well, you, I, I've never heard somebody say pitch pirate before, but that you got it. <laughs> you hit it right on the head and they're bots is what, you know, you, these people, they have these softwares out there now and it's okay. all automated. And so I actually, this morning, it was funny. I saw this, this one guy, I don't know if he's real or a bot or whatever, but he said, you know, it was a, obviously very, very scripted saying about how he wanted to help me sell my company. I was like, cool. All right, whatever. Then I went down two or three messages. It was a girl, right? Same exact message, except it was for one of my other companies. And, you know, it's just, this is the same stuff. So you get, so it's what I found mm. is yes, you can make, you can make significant money in the DMs. There are people that use LinkedIn, like other people use Facebook and Instagram and things like that. And okay. typically, you know, they're your, they're your more professional, you know, style level people, but they typically approach you one of two ways. It's either like, I know everything about your business and I can do this. I've helped out. Like you don't know shit about my business. You don't know who I am. Right. You sent me one cold DM, right? I, I've never heard of you. Right. Or whatever. Or the other one is they come in and they, and they, they, they trash you in some way. Hey, I looked at your site and it's terrible. Let me help it. Right. And I'm like, guys, neither of these work. So the strategy that I've used in the past, and this works on any network, right? It doesn't have to be LinkedIn or whatever. But if you're going to cold DM somebody, it needs to be a value exchange. And it can't just be some, hey, pitch, you know, some very templated, obviously very cold. You got to do a little bit of homework on your guy, right? If you mm -hmm. want to do like a semi-templated in and and target people in, this, in a similar industry, then yeah, you can do that. But there still needs to be some personalization in it. And you have to remember that if you want them to reply to you, you're in their inbox, not, not the other way around. Right. Thank and you. so if you want them to reply to you, read your message, take you seriously, you better not come off sounding like you're trying to sell something right out of the gate. Now you also run into that, like the, hi, how are you? It's like, come on, weirdo. I know what you're trying to do. And you know, just, but what I found is when you lead with value, Right. Hey, you know, my name's Chris. I just want to introduce you to myself. It looks like we have a couple, you know, uh, mutual connections and you look interesting. Cool. And then you go back, maybe you engage with some of their content right over the next over the next week or so. Mm -hmm. And then follow back up. You know, hey, Chris, again, um, was thinking about you the other day or I was talking to my client that, you know, again, that it's very similar to you. They had the, I remember that they had this problem this one time and here's how we solved it. Here's a worksheet that we worked that we went through. So what I'm doing at that point is similar industries are going to run into similar problems and there you go. staffing, right? It's all about people. Tell me when, find me one business that doesn't have a people problem. Business is all about people. Like, honestly, if you go into any of our masterminds yeah. and you go into these breakout rooms, right? 
every single conversation is I need to hire this or I need to do that or this person sucks or whatever. It's all about managing people. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you can put together, I've got some great lead magnets essentially, right? But they work. They're not just trash. Um, you know, here's a couple exercises that you can run or, you know, th this is something that may give you some value. And then, you know, a lot of times if they, if they do read it, they're going to see it and they're going to say, Hey, that was pretty cool. All right. I'll have a conversation with you. Um, but you're not hard closing. It doesn't, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's dating. You're not, you know, getting married right away. You gotta, you gotta play the yeah. slow game in the DMS. And uh, that's, I mean, that just, most people don't realize that they want it right now and they want that sale immediately. And it's just not, if you do get the sale off of one of those things, it's not going to be a good client. I assure you that. Exactly. And I don't, I don't know which approach is worse, but you know, you put my business down and tell me that my website right. sucks, yeah. but I can help improve it. Sure. Oh, well, great. Cool. Yeah. Great. I'm I, don't saying, know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what's worse. Okay. So I like that strategy. So leading with value mm -hmm. and, but at the end of the day, we still have to remember that at some level, whatever your business is, you're trying, you're in there. You said this, you're in their inbox. They didn't come to yours. So there is an element of selling there. I mean, unfortunately, we've still got, you want to get them to look at your product. You've just got to do it in a better way and put, I think, put yourself in their position. What's going to attract you if somebody's coming into your inbox? What are the kind of people that you respond to? And I like your approach of giving some value, relative experience from another related industry, because again, you can make that assumption. They would probably have the same kind of similar problem. So I like that. So good For job. Your mortgage people. I mean, like this, you know, a great example of this was, hey, here's how I helped one of my, so I don't know if you're, so if you're a real estate professional, and your clients are mortgage people, you know, hey, here's how I helped some of my 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 mortgage people clients get their clients credit scores up. Right. It's yes. it could be as yeah. simple as that where I mean, it's not even your product. It could be what's that um, credit karma or whatever. They have that credit boost. I don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, just like things like that to where it's like, you know, oh, I have that problem. Yes, I'm interested in learning about that, um, you know, or adding somebody to a line of somebody. I don't, you know, again, I don't know that industry very well, but these are the types of things yes. that if I was in that industry and somebody gave me that, Hey, I've run into this problem. Not sure if you're having it or not, but here's how mm -hmm. we solved it. And I'm having that problem. Hey, I'm kind of curious now. Let's have a look. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get, you're going to pique their interest a lot mm -hmm. more than those other approaches. Right. You and, give, I've given you something yes. instead of asked for something I've given. Exactly. Instead of exactly. Exactly. And Hey, one of the takeaways you've picked up from this show is the term pitch pirate, which I mm -hmm. got from another gentleman that I had on the show uh, a couple of months ago. And, and I heard that term and I, it just has stuck and resonated with me. So I I've been, you know, using it. And thank you, uh, Eli Delaney for letting me steal that, uh, steal that term. So, Thanks, Eli. all right, I'm going to move on. If you don't mind, I've got another a, a question. I want to, I'm going to come back to foundational stuff. Now, again, I mentioned not as fun and sexy, but it's important. So for listeners that are thinking about getting a VA, what are some of the processes they need to go through to determine what the gaps or opportunities are in their business so that you can help them? How do they, how do they get ready for you? That is a great question. Um, and this is where 90% of people miss, miss. Okay. So this is not sexy, like you said, and this is pretty annoying, but this is the way to get it done. It's called a time study. All right. Two weeks, Monday through, Monday through Sunday, 
every 15 minutes. Now you can do, I mean, 15 minutes is a little extreme, but you can do every hour as well. You set an okay. alarm on your phone. It goes off every single hour that you are awake, right? Personal and business. And when that alarm goes off, you carry your, um, you got a notebook to carry around with you. What did I do that last hour? Mm. Write okay. it down. Right. What exactly, you know, not in detail, but like what, did, okay, I did sales calls. I responded to a customer complaint. I, you know, cooked dinner. I went on a walk, whatever. Right. Every single hour for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Then from there, you can then go back and you can start to look at what you do on a daily basis where the majority of your time is spent. Most of the time it's on this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yes. You know, and, uh, and then from there, you can find out where your time sucks are. Then what I like to do is I take it a step farther and I like to break it down into your time, into your, uh, your value buckets. So, you know, you got your $5 an hour, $50 an hour, $500 an hour, and $5,000 an hour tests. $5 an hour is going to be like you're replaying to, you know, whatever, just the stuff that, that you know, you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, $500 an hour is going to be like self-improvement. $5,000 an hour is going to be spending time with the family, you know, things like that. $50 an hour stuff that you can break them in. And I classify those into those four categories. Then mm -hmm. I even take it a step farther and I break it down into an ABC. A meaning I love it. B is okay. like, eh, I'm indifferent, whatever. C is I absolutely hate this. And then what you do is you now take those activities, the dollar amounts that you have beside them, and then whether you want to delegate them or not, if it's A's, they stay on your plate, right? Even mm -hmm. if it's a $50 an hour task and it brings you enjoyment, keep it. Who cares, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, if it's a B, if it's indifferent, then what I do is I look at the, the, the dollar amount. So if it's a low level task and I don't mind doing it, I don't hate it or whatever, that's getting delegated for sure, right? Um, and then the ones that come up with, with C's, I mean, I absolutely despise them. I will do everything in my power to get those off my plate. So that's, that's, that's yeah. what I recommend. It, it's not instant gratification, which is why most people can't do it. Yeah. Um, but if you really, really, really want to, to find out where your time is being wasted, that's the first mm -hmm. step. Um, and then there's some things you can do afterwards, but that's most times if people can't give me a clear outline of what it is that they're expecting to accomplish, I won't work with them. Because okay. it won't work. You know, that makes total sense. And really what you're trying to do is get them, you know, kind of in their zone of awesomeness, if you will. Here's the high, the things you like to do, the things that make you the most amount of money, typically. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to focus your effort. I think you said it. If you absolutely love you know, let's say taking out the trash at your office for whatever reason, because you get to walk out to the taco truck and get a uh, great go, you know, do that. But for the most part, it's really trying to put the right seat in the right, you know, the right seat on the bus to do the right tasks for you. So I think that was important. I wanted to make sure we came back to that because that is the first step. You got to have an understanding and it is surprising with business owners at all levels, you know, small, medium salespeople, entrepreneurs, how many really don't have control of their calendar? I call it calendar clarity. You mentioned getting control of that calendar. And that is a great piece of advice to mm -hmm. to help you. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Yeah. You, and I've got I resources, think, too. So if anybody wants to okay. connect with me after that, I've got all the stuff. I'll give it to them. It's no problem. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll get we'll get your. Uh, you know, your website and all that, and we'll put it up here as well here at the end. So, all right, so let's talk about, I think one of the, probably the hottest, what I'm going to say hot topic, and it's a little more sexy and fun, it's social media. Yeah. 
So how can, and let's just get real granular with this, um, the typical salesperson, entrepreneur that needs help with social media, because what they're doing is they're getting sucked into the abyss, right? They go in, they create a piece of content, they get in, they're posting, they're liking on 25 people that they you know, need to connect with. How can this VA come in and be utilized as a tool to accentuate and accelerate their growth in the social media space? Well, I think first, the first thing to remember in social media, and this is where influencers have come through and kind of set unrealistic expectations for people is your follower count doesn't matter. Um, mm. It really doesn't matter. And that's, and the reason being is, would you rather have 400 rockstar solid people that you wanna do business that are your ideal client Yes. Or would you rather have 25,000 people who could give less about you? Yes. Who could, who okay. Care less. Great. And point. so right there is a KPI that I try to immediately uh, make sure whenever somebody's looking for, if you're coming on looking for growth, go hire like, you know, one of those bot companies or something like that. Because, but yeah. if you want quality, the first thing, if you want to actually use social media for business, the mm -hmm. first thing you should be focusing on is your quality of content. Right. Because if it sucks, no one's going to engage. Right. And, you know, there's a there's there's all these different philosophies on there about that. But everything you should do should be deliberate. And so the way that I use my team is and I used to do this a lot more in the past, but I've kind of taken more control over it recently is, um, you know, we have we, we kind of map out month by month. Right. And we do the, you know, obviously I want to get my business stuff across, but I don't want to look like I'm pitching every single day because mm. then people, it's like a commercial and just turn it off. Yeah. It's all commercials. Um, you know, I like to share stuff that, that happens to me in my life to give a little bit of, uh, you know, personal perspective in there. And I love to educate. So mm. a lot of times you can, you'll hear me talking about time studies and you'll hear me talking about these other things that are not sexy. But if you really think about it, they kind of are because, you know, you got to do the work. If you want to get out and they're all driving back to the same, the same place. So get your message clear, what you're trying to get across, find the ways and the cadence that you're going to be doing it in. Um, and then, you know, find out the medium that your audience is that your, that your target audience is going to re best receive this. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's, that's how you, that's, that's how you can kind of start to get that off of your plate a little bit. Yeah, that's where that I makes sense. Here. Okay. That makes total sense. All right. So I'm going to move on a couple other things here real quick, kind of a lightning round. Okay. okay. Um, I know you, you authored a book. Can you tell uh, us the title and the description of the book? Yeah. It's called the rise of virtual assistants. Okay. <laughs> and it is Go all figure. about, yeah, it's all about the history, the backstory of the, uh, the Philippines, how they became a superpower, right. In the, uh, in, in the, uh, in the workforce uh, and gives a lot of detail into the back, back end uh, workings of, of how that industry works. That is really cool. Okay. And we can find that on Amazon, I yeah, assume. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, cookie Connoisseur. Yeah. yeah tell us about it. it. What's your favorite one? Uh, well, I mean, so that's going to change, like, depending on a month-to-month. On -month. Right now, I'm into Brookies, right, which are the brownie cookie mix. Um, I can um, tell you where most people mess up, though, is on a chocolate chip cookie. If they go yeah. too dense and with too many chocolate chips, there is such thing as too many chocolate chips in there. Otherwise, it would just be a regular chocolate cookie. Totally so, agree. Otherwise, me, you might as well eat the, the chips out of the bag. Okay. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist okay. when it comes to chocolate chip cookies. I like them nice and Totally big. agree. Okay. Yeah. Do you eat the cookie dough? Oh, or yeah. Were you one growing up, you'd eat the cookie dough? No, I eat anything. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Related. Okay. Uh, favorite Girl Scout cookie? 
because they're uh, out right now. I posted the other day. They're like they're like little ninjas, man. They swarm you, and they're good. They're good at selling now. And they're using social media too, which is scary. Um, the uh, the tagalog, I would say. Um, okay, that's the peanut butter one, and then also the, mm. uh, the I don't know if they call them. I don't know if. I don't know what they're calling now, but the caramel ones, they, they got a little PC there for a while. So they changed some of their names of their cookies, but uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a really funny story about that. A couple years, okay. two years ago, I went and I bought out an entire, like I was at the grocery store and I went and I, I think I bought $250 worth of cookies. And they're like, oh, you're going to get, I told them I was going to give them out because I felt bad that I was <laughs> buying all these for myself. And I think they were gone in a week and a half. It was just not, I have zero <laughs> self-control and discipline when it comes to Girl Scout cookies. So shame on you for telling me that they're out right now because oh my gosh. that's probably what I'm going to go do next. So Saturday I posted because I went to a Walmart with my my younger son. He's 22 now in college. But I, I posted that literally I did. I got out safe. I put, you know, reporting myself safe, escaped. You know, my son helped me get out because I'm trying to lose weight and get healthy again and so forth. And, and, I, and, and some people kind of gave me like kind of like the haters, I should say, were on, well, you could have bought some and given them away as a gift. And it's like, no, you don't understand. They wouldn't make it home. They get I opened mean, in the car. Everybody oh, they get opened that. as soon as you get to the car. Yeah. So I'm so glad to hear that. That is <laughs> that is so cool. All right. I love it. We're having fun here. So one of the questions as we start to close out here, um, the intent of this podcast is I love to interview, you know, great, fun, cool people that are impacting people in personal lives and business. And I think you're you're definitely doing you know doing that in uh, in business. We know. Thanks. Talk about a leadership strategy that you have learned. And I always like to talk leadership, so we're going to mm -hmm. kind of this will be my last question. From a leadership perspective, what have you learned from your other successful seven figure businesses that you've brought into this business, and now you're teaching your Philippine Pino team? Um, what, have, what kind of leadership strategy or who inspired you, I guess, and what did you bring forward from your other businesses? My ability to delegate and their ability to delegate and to, mm -hmm. to trust the process. Going by 80% done is 100% awesome. Um, where I royally screwed up many times was I thought that I had to be everything and I was the only one that could do it right. And if you didn't do it exactly the way that I wanted it to be done, it was wrong. And, yes. and the older I get and realize, you know, they, there's that saying, if you want to get there fast, go alone. If you want to, <laughs> what's it? If you want to get there fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you got to go with people, right? Exactly. Um, something yes. like that. And mm -hmm. uh, if you hire the right people and you bring the right people on your team mm -hmm. and you trust them, you know, 80% done of the way that you would have it done is 100% awesome. And that's how you Absolutely. move. It also keeps you sane because then yes. you're not like, you know, blowing gaskets every day because not everything is perfect all the time. Man, that is good. And so, and that is, that is pure leadership. That is not cliche. Mm -hmm. You are empowering others around you to, to grow by delegating grow by, by, you know, empowering them to do these things. I love that. And, you know, the last th comment that I have that kind of just came to my mind is I think one of the reasons for people to need you and use your business 
is people so often they refuse to do certain tasks or they just don't have time, but yet then they, they won't outsource or delegate off something that they're not even doing themselves, but they right. know they need to, right? Yeah. It's like Procrastination delegate. is a form of depression. And yeah. uh, a really smart guy I know, Brandon Brittingham, says that a lot. And, yes. um, and it really is. It's a procrastination is a form of depression. And a lot of the times the things that we're avoiding are the things that really need to get done. Um, Absolutely. I will tell you where most solopreneurs or people with small teams come in is they think that they, they, I can't afford to hire somebody else. I need to do it myself. And they're looking at their staff and their team as a, as a, as a top line expense. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a liability. Your team is an, as an asset. You know, just like anything else, you are investing. They're an asset to your business, right? You're mm -hmm. investing in them. And if you hire the right team, each investment will bring you a return, whether it is time or whether it is dollar amount or whatever it is that, that you're looking for that you're hiring that person to do. And that's where when you shift your mentality and realize, look at it as an investment. I'm, we're we're yes. going to grow this company together. I could sure yes. I could do it on my own, but probably not. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, I, I bring you on, I tell you what your job is, you know, you help me understand with it as well as, as well too. And, and that's, that's where a lot of people miss the mark. They really do. Chris, this has been incredible. Can you share with our guest how they get a hold of you? What's the best place? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, easiest for me is through social media. Um, so I'm under Christopher Killy, K-I-L-L-E on Facebook. Um, not Chris Killy on Instagram. That's something I'm trying to grow as well. My Instagram is kind of like, it's, it's, uh, it's very weak. So I'm trying to grow that. Right mm. now. Um, LinkedIn, probably not. Cause I get so many DMs, in there. but, uh, uh, yeah. Or you could go to chriskilly.com and, and tag, okay. tag uh, you, all my links and stuff are there as well. That is awesome. Any closing remarks and that you'd like to share with the audience before we go, as we close this thing out? You know, I, the only thing I would say is, you know, regardless of what your beliefs are, we are entering and have been in a challenging uh, financial and business climate recently. And mm -hmm. this is the time that you can. There's my puppy right there. He That's Harry. He had some final words for us, too. This is the time, though, to really gamble or not. It's the time to really invest in yourself, gamble on yes. yourself. You are the only one that can, you know, this is the time that, that, we, that we really create, diff, uh, create gaps uh, in between us and our competition because nobody else is doing the work right now. So get out there, keep your head down, grind. And this is when other people are going to quit. If you keep going, right, when we come out of this thing on the other end, you're going to see yourself light years ahead of that. Chris, that's amazing. Nobody's coming to save you guys. If you're yep. waiting for the boat to come out and the market just to miraculously improve and your business double or triple, it's not happening. So you need to invest in yourself. I like the way you said it. Invest in yourself. If you're going to you know, put money down, gamble on yourself. You're your best resource. That was a great way to close out the show, Chris. I appreciate you being on. For those listening, please like, share, pass this on to somebody else and get a hold of Chris for any of your, your staffing needs and see what he can do to help you grow your business. Invest in yourself. Chris, it's been my pleasure. Wonderful. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Impact Blueprint Podcast. If you took away something today, please like, comment, and share this podcast. See you next time.